Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. Hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. What's up, John Hall? Hey, Augie Carton. Um... So I need to very quickly address something that happened on last week's show. So long. Uh, because we recorded it on the 3rd of July to run on the 4th of July. You know, and, and it's Ooh. it's a well-known holiday. And I don't know. Fourth of July. I don't know how often our show, which always airs on a Monday, often falls on a holiday. And it was a unique opportunity for our producer to give us thematic beers for said holiday. He could have gone with British pale ales. Uh, he could have whoa, gone. Whoa, that would know, have gotten my ire up being well, a revolutionist. I understand. But there, okay. there, you know, he could have done, uh, you know, some of the beers that have rocket pops melted into it, which would have also fit in with Scott Wells. By the uh, way, there's all these. When did that things. joke start? And how did it fucking become the 4th of July thing? Uh, like, it's shouldn't you actually dry flag a beer if you want to be patriotic? Why is it a rocket pop thing? <laughs> dry flag. <laughs> I feel like that's how you get into a lot of problems with the, <laughs> with the people. I mean, they're they're mad enough at Kaepernick, and you're now saying like, yeah, let's like steep a flag in in alcohol water. Good call. Um, <laughs> Do you know so, me? Always very creative. <laughs> always willing to offend. Um, so I'm just gonna say that going forward. I think it could be fun, mostly for the thieves, uh, for a little bit of like thematic beers. 2023, because Justin, is going to be all over this. It's going to be every every holiday is going to be. It's going to be a Monday this year. I, I was thinking more about the guests, John, than the. Uh, than the... And, and well and well done. I yeah. mean, Scott, Scott left with a huge smile on his face. <laughs> thanks to that marshmallow concoction that you sent our way. Wow. Um, and Augie and I were. <sighs> Really missing that that fun Sierra. So we'll find have out you what started, you have in store wait, for us. Have you started Beer One yet? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't want to bring it up yet because I do want to introduce our accomplice du jour. But we'll get Kennedy, to you're all over the fucking place today, man. I, I, I want to talent rest after that last one. So. And I appreciate that. I feel like sometimes you are the, you know, the caressing hand you're the what what's the iron fist and the velvet glove where you <laughs> yeah. give us a really nice beer and it's like oh that feels nice and then you break our jaw that's what i yeah. like to do yeah. yeah but i feel yeah so we'll get into it i don't want to ruin it because that'll take all the fun out of the anyway beer one. since so we don't do production meetings that our, was our production meeting let's thanks talk to our accomplice du jour ryan gillette what's up ryan what's going on guys thanks worry, for pal. joining us yeah happy sunday how's it going um so there's three ways i want to ask this question one, are you 900 years old? <laughs> Two, 
have you ever worked for Carton? And three, <laughs> do you hate all your bosses and have a problem with authority? And um, you can pick which way we address the fact that you've worked at every brewery I've ever heard of. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm not 900 years old. Um, all right. I really consider all of myself lucky to have worked at all of the places in the... Just it's an amazing time. list, but you're young. Yeah, <laughs> I am relatively young, but this is a, a product of growing up in Kingston and having someone like Tommy Keegan, uh, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, he was just a larger, yeah. larger than life figure. Um, and at a young age, I was just exposed to breweries and somebody that was just like very open to allowing me to kind of explore that world. And yeah, just knowing what I wanted to do from a young age, I think that's, that's awesome. Kind of what you so guys so seriously, tick the list, because not only did Kennedy send me a list, and it really is like Assassin's Row of good breweries over the last decade or 15 years. But he then sent me like follow emails like, oh, I forgot to put this on the list. Right. So that was the best part one, of it. It was like, hey, he worked at all list. these places. And then 25 minutes later, it's like, and this one. And then please see the attachment. <laughs> I was like, what? So anyway, tell everybody you can't where you've PDFs. been before we get to where you are. Okay. Um, right, so, so long story short, I knew that I wanted to brew beer at a fairly young age. I was homebrewing in high school and Keegan Ales is a local brewery in Kingston, New York. I graduated from Kingston High School. So naturally was just exposed to, uh, again, like Tommy's big personality and just, uh, you know, he was just really open. And I skipped school one day and like raked out the mash ton and was an intern there during college and got to clean kegs and go to Cooperstown Brewing Festival, um, BCTC up at Oma Gang. And then I went to Oneonta. So again, uh, Cooper Sound Brewing Company is just an earshot away. And because Tommy gave me a good, uh, you know, reference and I guess recommendation, they were willing to uh, bring me on while I was going to school too. So I would uh, drive there during like open periods or just kind of days off of class and uh, help run their bottling line. And they had like a really old school brick uh, kettle direct fire uh, single infusion mash ton that I would kind of get that starting for the head brewer and then Go Real quickly, what year? What year are we talking about? Because uh, I'm old, so I've bad context. Yeah. In my brain, we're in 1987 right now. But it's probably not true. <laughs> so Keegan Ailes was like summers on and off from 2009 uh, through okay. 2013, and then Cooperstown Brewing Company was my senior year, which would have been 2013. Um, Got it. And then after that, I was fortunate enough to have supportive parents and decided that uh, Siebel was kind of the right choice for me and that I want, I knew I wanted to learn more and just get more, uh, you know, experience under my belt, I guess, in a shorter time frame. kind of like what you guys are saying is it's, uh, you know, similar to carpentry and other trades is that you can kind of uh, go to school and get some formal education. You can do an apprenticeship, you can volunteer. There's a lot of ways to really kind of get your foot in the door. So I think supportive family and schooling after that was, uh, you know, the right choice for me. And then got offered a job out at New Belgium Brewing Company in Fort Collins, Colorado. I've heard of them. Yeah. Some people, <laughs> some people have, have been through there. That's so wait. Actually, that that's super interesting. So done with college, you do the Siebel. It's like a six month master program, right? Is that yeah. what we're talking about here? Yep, exactly. So and did you go to Chicago to do all that? Yep, lived in Chicago, lived just outside Munich, um, you know, made some of my best friends. I still keep in contact with today, but also just that was like a really good uh, fundamental kind of like set of knowledge and values to kind of move me forward in the brewing industry really uh for me, it was a great decision. Like, no, no doubt. Now, so having done all that, does Siebel have like the guidance counselor help work thing, or do you just send out a resume with Siebel graduate <laughs> on it? And New Belgium's like, yeah, of course, come on in, um, and we'll find yeah. a way to use you. 
No, again, I think not to bring his name up too often, but Tommy really did help with uh, both letter of recommendation, but he introduced me to Jeff Wenzel and Jeff yep. had like kind of just started out there. So not that he had like a bunch of, uh, I think, weight to kind of pull, but he absolutely gave me a good like, you know, vote of confidence and said that uh, he's hardworking and that we could use him on the team. And I think at that time, New Belgium was going through, uh, you know, tons of production upscaling. We made like just short of a million barrels one of the years that I was there um, at one location. They were trying to get Asheville up and running. So I think just some new blood. Also, I was just like right time, right place. You know, they wanted uh, somebody young that they could kind of teach some values to and that would be excited. And again, just very lucky that I... Uh, now, was, was that work... Like mopping floors, cellar work, or did you get to, did you get to go play um, in their sour side of stuff? Cause yeah, no. So the, I started on centrifuges, which is, you know, of course you do your mopping the floors and your six yeah. is what they call it. But uh, yeah, running two centrifuges at once, mainly a separating fat tire and then dry hopping or adding any other adjuncts uh, to the centrifuge system and then separating those adjuncts or hops as well. Um, it was a cool time because Slow Ride had come out and that was like their first dry hopping warm kind of playing with biotransformation. So you're just, I you know, remember that you, you couldn't I help. I remember Slow Ride. Yeah, I it was know. a little session pale ale. I think uh, outside of like um, the new Rangers that they made, it was like a bridge from the old style Ranger to these Voodoo the series. new Rangers. Uh, the, the Voodoo Ranger series. Um, the Joe Camel of beer. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then after right, that, so I then the house and moved on to the R and D department and yeah, just, you know, it, it was a great place to have, like I said, uh, worked at your like paid grad school. You're just walking around the hallway, uh, Peter Bugard, Kelly Shredder, Jeff, yep. Deep, just, you know, legends that you're, you can't help but learn a ton. So it was just great to be there. That's um, awesome. And I'm originally and from the Northeast. My family is from Massachusetts and I spent a, a good amount of time in Cape Cod in summers growing up. So when Trillium had a job opening again, just, you know, applied, got really lucky that I was afforded that opportunity and was the person that started up there, Seaport uh, Brewery there, the large restaurant, the small brewery inside. Yeah, I fucking love that restaurant. John, do you remember we had dinner there? Like that was, there's like four or five episodes where all we talked about was how good dinner was at that restaurant. <laughs> yes. It's an amazing spot. They've done a, an excellent job there. The chef while I was working there too was extremely talented. Um, now talk to me about the lagers. So you were there. Yeah. That's the neatest tank. Like yeah. JC does a bunch of cool shit. I'm not going to tell you that because you work for the guy, but those, those horizontal tanks stacked up behind that bar, just yep. whipping out lager when, when, which must be when you were there, but you know the yeah. world's most famous hazy makers like pretty much just making lager in this joint i'm like what so talk about that wrinkle yeah so um <laughs> sort of like you said jc does a bunch of really cool and innovative things and just trillium in general is uh just like a fast-paced and uh innovative environment so kind of i think part of the reason i was brought in is that i had a solid background in a few different styles and that they had uh, a great standing in the hazies and the stouts and Belgian sours, like all of that. But that uh, JC, you know, made it pretty clear that he did want to, you know, scale up some different beer styles and have some consistent offerings. Um, and I love brewing lager. So it's a great, uh, you know, partnership in that sense that I just really wanted to do that and wanted now to just, just as a small brew, or I guess you never really were a small brewer guy, but New Belgium's not Anheuser-Busch, but you know what I mean? Small brewer guy was, is that room as great for brewing lagers as it looks to me like it would be? Like I've never had to fit a C-clamp in there, so I don't know, but I loved when I was in there. I was like, this place makes me want to make a shit ton of hells. 
Yeah. It's, is it as good as it looks? <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, the single infusion mash tun obviously creates a yeah. few limitations, but we were playing with water ratios and, you know, different temperatures where we were actually uh, a part of it, like I said, was R&D and we used same malt, same yeast, same hops, different mash temperatures and saw good results. And those ended up being a lot of the brands that you see scaled up with uh, local ingredients. Love it. And yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and yeah, just like you said, looking at it, it's aesthetically very pleasing and functionally, it was you know nearly perfect. Of course, not yeah. any brewery is, but near well, except uh, for really Malt well, Disney wow. World, except for Malt Disney World, yeah. <laughs> Sierra Nevada is what I'm assuming you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that um, one is literally, yes. I knew everything they had, even if I never touched it, because I knew it existed and I knew that's where it would go if, if I had one. Like every step, of that, I was like, that's where that goes. That's where that goes. Anyway, go on. <laughs> no, no you're, I mean, you're totally right. That's that, you know, the Mecca Malt <laughs> Disney World. Like, I was actually just down in Asheville doing a collaboration with a handful of friends. And like, obviously, everybody's talking about how awesome Sierra Nevada is and just that they're the envy of everyone's eyes. So, um, yep. but yeah, the lagers there were amazing. And we made some awesome fooder lagers. We were able to give them, you know, proper tank times and just uh, really get creative. Like I said, uh, and like you said, JC is uh, big on innovation and so is Trillium. And we were, you know, allowed to do that with a reasonable level of autonomy, and you know, the like I said, the results are now Trillium is putting out some really tasty lagers and using local ingredients, and it's just, uh, you know, a point of pride. It's, it was a you know, great, awesome. So now your next move is your next move to your next job because if so, I'm going to do beer one, but otherwise, I want to get us to that point so we can talk about the new arrival in New York City. Um, but where is that from, Trillium? Um, pretty much. Uh, I actually spent about six months distilling at Hill Rock State Distillery in upstate New York. They do some, uh, they grow all of their own rye, barley, and corn. They do so organically, and then they also malt it on site. Um, so that was a really unique opportunity to get to not only learn distilling, but just um, bring like a production mindset to a really farm to glass operation there. Uh, so, so I'm going to ask you to teach me something um, yeah. because I keep hearing. So I know there is distillers malt and brewers malt, and I fundamentally understand the differences, but every now and then I'll see a brewer or mostly a home brewer trying to make like a super clean lager. So they'll be like, I use distillers malt. So on that mm -hmm. process, especially at a place that used to malt their own distilling malts, what are we talking about? When we're talking about the difference between a distillers malt and a Pilsner malt or two row malt. Um, so I guess to preface, I, like very specifically, I've only worked at Bill Rock, so I would be speaking about their process. But for them, they were, yeah, they were working pretty closely with Hartwick and getting results. And, you know, conversion of sugars are obviously extremely important in any malting process. Um, they were doing the floor malting. So my guess to try to bridge those two is that the under-modified malt of those traditional old pilders, pilsners that were floor malted and decocted and, you know, lagered for a long time, um, they provide nuance probably. Um, and the distillers malt, I think they're going for that same thing that uh, okay. it's kind of hard to carry that all the way downstream through the distilling process. And maybe some of the under modification helps that, but that's just a guess. Neat. No, I like it as an idea. It's just, you know, I always like little dumb points of flavor wrinkles and you've given me enough to pursue. Thank you. All right. So let's, let's do glass one and then let's get to the old Spaten house. So what brings us together on Steal This Beer is a candid conversation of beer. Uh, what it is, not what we thought it would be. What it's doing, not how hard it was to get. And 
I, I so I'm just yeah. going to jump in because we, we alluded to this before. I feel like Kennedy is doing some new ninja level Ollie boxing trick where he's like rope doping us or something. Because there, yeah. so the last show, uh, um, the last show, Ryan started with a lovely little tiny hazy crusher from Sierra. Uh, what was the name of it, John? Summer Break. Summer Break. Session Hazy IPA. And then there was a monster, silky, sticky stout from Yepa with 97 kinds of adjuncting powders in it. Artisanal um, marshmallow. Which in one sip put me on my heels. And now, Ryan, I hope you're drinking this currently, but now there's this lovely fucking beer that that is warming me back up again where I'm like, maybe it is a drinking day. I, I put my defenses up on the evil twin beer, but <laughs> now I'm like, well, fuck, if I had a keg of this, I'd invite all my neighbors over. This is, yeah. Wow. Is this the kind of beer I like to drink? This is, yeah, this is built for laying in the pool on a floaty. This yeah. is one of those, this is one of those beers because the thing is, it, it, it's not enough to call it you know, like a simple, you know, lawnmower beer or anything oh, no. because, oh, because no. it has some body to it. And I'm getting like the slightest but the body's twin. amazing. The body's that, the yes. best part, right? Like it's agreed because it, it, it almost, it almost feels like, I don't want to say sweet. It just feels like there's a roundness to it that there was a lot of sugar there, but it's a dry beer. That it's a very like dry beer and stony it, and crisp. And the thing that I like about it, though, is this. Herbal I'm afraid it's six thing. and a half percent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid like because it drinks like it's like five. Yeah. But, but I'm er- afraid that richness means it's. it's no, I hope it's not because but this herbal hop thing that has a little bit of sweet floral as well from the hops, like there's just enough with each sip, like my brain focuses on it for half a tick. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of yeah. go back to floating in the pool. Yeah. Um, so, so Ryan, yeah. with with that pedigree you've just explained to us, so I'm pretty much in my head decided <sighs> this is a lager, but that richness so. has made me question that twenty times. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, could it be a Kolsch? Could yeah. it be a Hell's Malt with a, you know, quick Chico ferment or something? You know, cold side. I, I don't know. How do you feel about this with your pedigree of lager concocting? It is a lager, right? Do you do you agree? Am I wrong? Uh, no, I mean, that's what I would lean towards. Obviously, if you're going to ask uh, one way or the other, I would lean towards lager. But I don't think that I yeah. could have it much better initially when you guys uh, or I think it was John was describing it as something that I would absolutely drink all day and then afraid that it's six and a half percent because it yeah, go, which is, again, leaning me towards it's lager that just a little cleaner fermentation, maybe some longer maturation. Um, and the but way there's it, enough going on there that I'm not a hundred percent convinced. I, if you told me that this was like, you know, a, I guess a pale ale or something along those lines, I don't know that I would like, you know, be a hundred percent shocked, but um, yeah. I, I, I would guess lager off of that. Hey, yeah, can I just right. point out, Augie, had you gone into the family business uh, of law, your nickname would just be leading the witness. <laughs> that is yeah the first rule at new belgium century was uh you know quiet but it's it's true yeah the, uh, leading the witness not bad objection <laughs> yeah. there's a little oh I you got it yeah who needs law school yeah no you got it all down objection yeah. 
I am going to finish this beer. I am too. I, I, I'm, I'm almost finish finished. Yeah. But here's what I'm saying. I'm going to finish this beer with the zeal to finish my July 3rd drinking with a passion. Like this beer has me fucking amped up. And if the next beer is a fucking 27% dessert stout, Kennedy, I'm coming to Brooklyn and I'm kicking your fucking ass. Oh, <laughs> wow, it angry it angry it angries up the blood and also yeah, traffic yeah. on a day like today. You don't want to that. Definitely do that. needs six percent. That definitely yeah, you're gonna needs 6%. you're gonna you're gonna have to stop and take a leak on the BQE, and nobody wants to do that. <laughs> nobody and wants to do that. Fair enough. You again me off the ledge. All right, yeah. so you guys kind of you're safe. All right, you know so, what it is? Yes. Uh not unless you're sending me eleven more. I I I so, I'm gonna have to all right, go to really the quick because <laughs> here's the thing, right? I said that about the Sierra beer on last week's this show. This is so much better than the Sierra beer. It, you think so? Here's I'm here's sure of it. I, the way, yeah. I don't know where we are with, with Patreon, and thank you everybody for Patreon. But selfishly, Justin, I would like for you to start sending like two or three of the beers that you know we're really going to like oh yeah, yeah. And, you know i know enough about you guys to know what you're gonna like so i yeah i can i could i should probably do that okay like, and, and you can pay for that yourself like that doesn't have to be the patreon <laughs> yeah. people like that yeah, you just, just buy like, us just beers <laughs> for being your friends but uh but seriously Hall, put it on my tab do you think i'm wrong? like i really like the sierra beer i don't want to be mean to it but there are two different this, beers this beer two different so beers. grooves with the drinking i want to do this afternoon like this beer is Exactly what I want. They're two different beers, though. It it yeah. The Sierra Fora Hazy was fun. Like oh, cookout. I'm standing around talking to people. This beer is like I'm saying. This is where I want to turn my brain off, except for those brief flashes where I'm taking sips of it, and then I'm not doing anything else except getting terribly sunburnt. This beer um, is fucking lovely. Yeah, it's delightful. All right, so tell us what it is so we can get get to the more important stuff of uh, you guys Ryan's I'm, Ryan's I'm, life. I'm paid by Allagash, but that's not true. I picked this beer up because I thought it would be interesting, and I hadn't tried it yet. It is from Allagash Brewing. It is I've had this second summer yeah. lager. It's four and a half percent. Oh, good. Perfect. Pilsner malt, Carapils, uh, hops or Czech sauce and Czech Cosbeck, and it is fermented with Herzbrucker. <laughs> Can we? I just do a little Allagash appreciation. Just absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's what this show is very quickly becoming. Yeah. Just yeah. love them so much. We don't. We don't make it seven episodes without an Allagash beer. Yeah. That being said, by the way, though, I think yeah. every other time we've had an Allagash beer on, I've been like, tastes like it might be Allagash. Yeah, this that's beer, true. This, the first this time beer has it. none of that yeah. Allagash yeast thing. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean, like none of lager. But it, I understand that. But in my head, Allagash is Allagash. And that yeast has to exist in this tank somehow. You know what I mean? Like, like, um, this is the a, this. Is yeah. Fucking lovely. Yeah. Uh, you can buy 12 packs of those, at least in uh, my neck of the woods. I, I have. I haven't. So wait a second. It. You have at least nine more of these. No, I only I made the mistake. I only bought a four pack. You idiot! Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So your bodega, your bodega is taking twelve packs and then splitting them into four packs with uh, with the plastic rings. Looking looking at the packaging online now, they very well may be doing that. I think that's what they're doing. Actually. That's every liquor store on LBI. I think I called Augie a couple of years ago when I was on LBI, and I was like, "When did you start doing?" you know like four packs yeah. of something, and like four packs of whip in plastic rings. And Augie's like, "Idiot." Like that's <laughs> that's so, yeah they're so breaking them so down you, and making you more know money. we we did the twelve packs of vote and um uh, thank thanks Beach. for bringing it up 
Yep. Yeah. But we did the we did the 12 packs, the 12 ounce cans, 12 packs. How's it know. going? Let's put those together. What's funny at Carton, because we're so so basic, is they're hand filled. Like when we do the 12 those, packs, yeah. I go to work and I take 12 cans off the line, stick them in a cardboard box and fold it myself and pass it off. Like that's wow. how we do that. Thanks and for the letter. I've been at, I've been at 10, 10 liquor stores in Middletown that have then broken them down and put them in four pack rings. And I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, like, I don't even mind the business aspect. I hate that all that work I did was immediately just thrown asunder. <laughs> I feel like you just have to stand outside. Just be, <laughs> my hard work. I put those kids no, in there. This motherfucker just hard ripped work. them out. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is that guy? All know, right, so Ryan, the governor so, of New Jersey. <laughs> fuck that guy. Um. So anyway, oh, <laughs> but anyway, so Kennedy, my man. Before Ryan tells us about his new role at the Polliner Space, the Polliner Space has come up over the last seven years on this show at least twice, right? I'm a fan of it. Yeah. So I've never made it, but I only know it from the show. So yeah. So if they want to know steal this beer history, but if the thieves want to know the steal this beer history of that. Kennedy, can you figure out what episodes we we had those people on, right? I think we were, wrong when they were first from building Bolliner this? on. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name, but yeah, I'll right. look it up. So, I think so anyway, just let's have that reference at the end so you can That's bookend awesome. this because I remember being excited about this thing. And I think, I, Ryan, are you now the third iteration of that space since Polliner built it and disappeared? So to my knowledge, this is the second iteration. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think okay. that there's anything in the middle. Yeah, to my knowledge, it was Polliner in 2014 and then closed very early 2018. Um, I've run into a couple uh, people that had worked at the location just via industry events and living in New York City. And the story that I had heard was that they closed rather abruptly. Um, yeah. Since then, it just sat. It sat from 2018 till uh, November of 2021 is when I uh, was hired and brought on board. And yeah, it like, it was an old polliner space. I didn't know much about it either, just because my time as a you know, young adult in my brewing career was spent out in Colorado and then Massachusetts. So it wasn't something that I was familiar with. Um, they, they were trying to do the Hofbrauhaus house thing, if I remember correctly. And they were, there were plans to put in breweries, like small little pilot systems, like across the, across the country. By the way, but, Kennedy, fuck you. I just spelled beer too. And fuck uh, you. Uh, anyway, go on. Oh, I love, I love beer too. And I, I think I know but what you it know is, what beer too like is, right? Yeah, I do. It's my only very, suspicion, very familiar, very familiar. My only suspicion on my it's a stove can, so shorty of what that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> because if it's the beer, I think it is. Yeah, and somebody put it in this can. Kennedy picked it because it's a way to kill me. Oh, absolutely. Like nobody oh, should put a nine percent beer. And me, right? Yeah. I'm, no, I'm, this is. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure this is a nine percent beer. Yes. in a stovepipe can. Yes. Yeah, it sure smells and tastes like that. Which, which, which would actually track because the parent yeah. company of said beer now I do have has been putting Boston lager in, in stovepipes for the commuters. Funny, that was my guess as soon as I smelled it, too. Yeah, it's yeah, got it's a, no, it's we're, got all, we're dancing around that this is 90, it's right? 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 90, yeah. right? This is but somebody's, 90. Putting 90, <laughs> yeah. okay. somebody's putting 90 into a uh, fucking 24 ounce can. That's Mine. what it is. Yeah. It's a nine, oh I think it's a 19 God. too. Oh man. This oh. is a gateway drug. Like, <laughs> so, so there's no at the bottom of this can, you're exactly calling your guy. Is. This is a bad idea. 
Um, God damn it, it, Sam Calagione. This is a horrible idea. This is a great idea. <laughs> this is a horrible idea. This is a great 9% idea. 9% bombers? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> anyway. What right, would so this cost on Amtrak, I guess, is my question. $73. <laughs> this can cost $3 at the bodega. <laughs> At the bodega, though. Yeah, this Amtrak. was a $3 can at the bodega? $3 can, yep. Oh, where is this bodega? Yeah. Green. That's awesome. It's, I mean, it's uh, Justin's Magic Bodega. Dude, I feel like I should... Where inflation has never touched. This. I feel like I should fence it all test strip this. I feel like this is a dealer trying to get me in trouble so I keep buying from him. $3 stovepipes of 9%? Fuck, that's not a good that. idea. I don't understand. That's crazy. Anyway, all right. So good. Beer two's right. out of the way. Now we can so, just so, talk about so that polymer space spot. though was always really yeah. cool. But my 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 issue was it because I because I went there a, a, a bunch of times was their prices back in fourteen were astronomical. Like yes. even for New York City, you know, it was you know a liter for twenty five bucks or or something what? along those. Lines. Yeah, no, it was always. I'm exaggerating, but Did it they was, have a lucre tax. <laughs> no, that's dogfish head. Um, there's there is all of these various uh, uh, every time you'd walk in there, it w- would be more expensive for the Bowery than was reasonable. And all of the other places in the area knew that. And you could go and get, you know, a pint of spotten or, you know, a, a half liter spotten or whatever for four bucks. Yeah, and right. so every time that I would go into the Polliner space, which was maybe a dozen or so times uh, in the first couple of years that they were open, because I was always down in that area, um, nobody was in there because it just didn't fit in with the the price structure of the neighborhood, even though it was a gorgeous space and the beer was made on premises and it was really good. It was, that was, I think it's, it's Achilles heel was the price point. Yeah. So, so Ryan, let me, Let's phrase this as to you walking into it, and we'll talk yeah. about the new yeah. business plan and how that jives with John's feedback on the old business plan for the space. Yeah. But having never been there, as it was explained to me at the opening back when the show was was new, it sounded to me a lot like what we were just discussing for JC space you had been in. Is it this dream small brewery for lager production? Like, how, how tell me about the space and the equipment you inherited and yeah. what you're excited about? So, to answer that question, like, just relatively simply, yes, it is that. Um, it's Polliner is obviously a large legacy brewery and they spared no expense building the system. So, when I walked in, the system is really, you know, what I looked at is uh, a really good challenge. Um, it's like a 10 hex system, right? Exactly. Yep. 10 hex, eight and a half barrel, three vessels on the hot side. And it's a mash mixer boil kettle that I have the capability of programming 10 steps into the mash or, you know, popping. it's just, yeah, me. Who built it? By the way, this matters because we're clearly a luxury German products. Yeah. 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 I try to tell people like when I'm touring them around because it's a new spot and it's a, it's a vegan restaurant. So some people that come in are not necessarily like craft beer and enthusiasts but i try to explain to them that they've been making brew houses like way longer than they've been making cars so who is it by the way who who makes casper it's a casper system um so jesus uh, christ yeah no augie this system i remember the first time i walked in there it's like oh yeah okay have you ever but, been, wait, wait, Ryan, have you ever been to Sam Adams, Boston and seen their pilot system? Yeah. Went there for a pint or two. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and you know, again, in that vein, just it's copper kettles. And then I have an open fermenter, which is just like awesome um, for both lager and um, 
you know, Belgian Hefeweizen, anything that you guys, uh, yeah. food beers. Yeah. Um, it's a great little system and the, the serving tanks are five serving tanks right behind the bar. So I can have five styles at any one time, which makes that like, I don't want to say easy, but pretty targeted. I, I have to be kind of uh, conscious about the styles I'm offering. And then, you know, it, it's just me. So walking in, it was like, we have to start with the air compressor because all of the valves on the brew house are driven by pneumatic air pressure and they're automated. So it's just, you know, Jesus. from the For fucking five barrel service. Yeah, no, for real. I'm yeah, it's, uh, me. It's, it's an amazing little thing. Yeah, that's you know, it's uh it's fun. I never thought I would brew in Manhattan for obvious reasons, but you know, the more I learned about the operation and the company that uh is you know taking over the lease, the more sense it made. And then just you know, I like I said, I really enjoy traditional lager brewing, and this has the capability to do nearly anything you can think of. So it's uh okay. So I have four questions yeah. I'd like to ask. I'm going to ask them all and you're going to pick the ones you want to answer. Don't care. But one, and this is a two-parter, are you vegan? And two, do you find if the mission, as I assume it is, is to brew beers for in-house consumption with a vegan menu, do you find, do you find a certain style of beer, old world, new world, blah, 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 favors that type of dining as a pairing Two. With all these fucking options, have you been like, I'm going to make the world's most technologically advanced Citra hazy? And have you like picked mash temps and rotation speeds for this computer just to see what happens when you control that much shit a la your Trillium tenure? And three, is it okay just to make the same lager with each of the noble hops and that's it and fill all five tanks? So you pick which one of those you want to answer and move on. Um, <laughs> so the uh, technical hazy, the answer to that is uh, yes, we will be putting on our first hazy this, hopefully this coming week. Um, but to get into more process on that would be, yeah, I'm playing with mash temps, but I also don't have this racking arm or a okay. stand or dry hop ports on the tank. Are you, these wow, are, that never occurred to me. Yeah, so these you are- You gotta be able to throw a standpipe in though, right? You can get somebody to aftermarket you at least a standpipe for the serving tank. Um, the serving tank, I do have a small standpipe that I can add to, but that's like, right. you know, that, that helps after the hops have been separated. Yeah. Doesn't really that's, that's four the, days after you hops. move it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I am, you know, slowly but surely figuring out how to make what the customer wants with those hopping rates with these tanks. So that's like another, again, another reason I took the job is it's genuinely a professional challenge. I'm trying to produce um, beers of all styles on something that's very specifically made for lagers. And we're offering some good lagers. Uh, we have a pale lager on right now that I'm happy about, just 4.3% classic all Pilsner, some Pallertau. Um, and we'll be chasing behind that with a single decocted 3.5% lighter lager. So the customers do seem to kind of gravitate towards what's light. I, I hear that a lot. Um, we also have a blackberry ale on, uh, just a blackberry puree uh, near the end of fermentation and a touch of citric acid once it's been crashed. Um, Again, nothing over 5% alcohol that I have on right now. So just trying to offer things that I know <laughs> well, because like you said, working at a vegan restaurant, the things to pair that with to answer your first question, the things to pair that with, um, I'm actually, I consider myself again, lucky. I got uh, lucky enough to work with chef Michael Morway at Trillium. He was really talented or is really talented. And now I'm with uh, chef Anthony Spino and he's a, an avid vegan and has been for a long time. I am not a vegan. Um, 
So having him to kind of bounce ideas off of, and there's a lot of food science involved in veganism and like the creation of their dishes. And there's a lot of food science involved in beer. So we do have a lot of overlap that way, but he's, he's really putting out some just genuine, genuinely tasty and like nothing crazy dishes that I have to like worry about food pairing. So it's been nice to offer. I have an open fermented heft, a pale lager, a blonde ale, blackberry ale. I'll be putting out hundred percent mosaic hazy soon. So just trying to ah, John, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> just uh... do, do you feel sometimes when you when you make beers like that, that the ghosts of German engineers are hovering above you crying? Of course. Oh, yeah. It's like one of my favorite parts about doing it, too, is that like I'm just doing all of this stuff to this system that it's just not trying to do. I don't I don't. Can I ask you, can I ask you to do me a favor? And, and I, I only mean this for the beautiful, the beauty of the troll. I'm not saying you need to call the manufacturer of that system, get their head of R&D online and ask them how to make a proper hazy in it. <laughs> but could you do exactly that and record that call for me? I could try it. Probably that would, something like this. <laughs> this is impossible. So I don't this do yes. too many hops. Could, but can you really talk about haze stabilization and citric acid levels with him and, and, and really get me like, get me all of his thoughts on it? Like, but why? <laughs> but, yeah, no, but, but, but sir, what you're saying, nobody would ever do that. Why would yeah, that exactly would say <laughs> Are you I'm doing really a trivia on the night? accents these days? This is this is this is something night? new for you. No, it's fucking it's so it, fucking 19.2 ounces of 90. Fuck this world. Oh god. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't have to drink world. it, Don't have to drink it. Uh false. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is what this is my this is one of my this is this is one of my beers like you know that so you know ask sam calagione when i'm near him and 60 is available i am the worst version of augie i can't not drink these beers i love these beers <laughs> another reason i picked it i knew you would yeah, also you are the fucking worst kennedy also I see what this you is one of the reasons that that sam doesn't call quite as much anymore anymore <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like fucking augie don't let him know we made stovepipes Kennedy blew that up. Oh my god! You know what's funny is how sweet. What's oh. funny is how sweet ninety tastes after this Allagash summer. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a sweet beer. No wonder the kids like it. Anyway, so we, we've been <laughs> they, we've been having. Do they? Well, they should. Okay, boomer. Okay, yeah. boomer. I'm Gen X. Um, there's no way you watch better things, but that was a joke this season. Yeah. Um, all right, so. So Ryan, I, 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 but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that five tank world is kind of perfect for a guy with your pedigree in places, right? Like you're not going to get away from having to have three traditionals and two fuck arounds, right? Is that, does that feel your, fill your needs as a creative brewer? Um, I mean, first of all, thank you for saying like the pedigree and that I'm appreciate the kind words. Um, but it's uh, also, I think just, I, I really do enjoy learning and the challenge of getting the system up and running. So um, it did take some time to get things functioning and clean. Um, so it was kind of nice to know that there wasn't the pressure to immediately fill like 12 tap handles. But yeah, I think that it will, it'll eventually become a fine balance of what is selling and what do I want to learn about? What is a, a new raw material or a, you know, a different beer style that I would like to brew? I just actually went down to Asheville and brewed an alt beer with some friends, but I haven't personally brewed an alt beer in a long time. So that kind of re-inspired me to maybe look into that, um, which is, I know, a little more traditional, but 
Yeah, just um, to answer your question, it's a, I think it's a good amount of tanks to start off with for right now. I think in the yeah. future, see maybe wanting to expand to maybe a six or a seventh, but yeah, for right now it is perfect. Like like you that's said. awesome. Now, next question is clearly just because of what John's explaining about the history of the building and all that. Clearly, you're working with some investment type group who's funded this big plan, and and even though it sounds like you're teamed up with the great chef, we all know what's involved in getting a restaurant up and running money-wise. So clearly there's somebody there. Do they have the hopes that you'll turn this into a brand that we could all see at stores down the road? Or is the idea to maybe turn this into a multi-city thing? Like, do, do have you have they given you any guidance that way? Do you have any feelings about that ambition? Um, yeah, so I guess just to be kind of clear about it, Bell stands for uh, Steve Bellamy and Andrew Siegel are the last names of the two uh, owners of this restaurant. Um, and they are avid vegans and they currently have a wine brand that is uh, in restaurants that they own. And okay, they, um, they do see consumer products in the vegan marketplace or in the vegan niche as something that they want to pursue. So I have had uh, light conversations with the owners and some contractors about potentially scaling up, offering cans in whole right. of certain brands. And okay. that, yeah, hopefully that's the long-term goal of Bell's. Um, and that this is very much uh, like you were saying for Paul and are trying to make uh, experiences, essentially uh, bringing people to a place and having them experience the Paul and our brand to create awareness. I think that that's uh, my understanding is that's what the owners are trying to do here. And Got it. That I'm makes sense. So you definitely can't go to Bolero because there's no way to brew on their system without lactose sticking to your oh, nose. No, yeah, no, that's yeah, not. So you, usually they're who I suggest. They're who I suggest in New Jersey you go to for contract brewing. But if you want to be legitimately vegan, that that place is tainted. Yeah. Um, Veganism but, is an important part of the brand. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. But so so that's like that takes some fun basic stuff of today's modern brewing out lactose being one honey being another have you has is there anything you've been like i'll make this and then as you break it down you're like oh but i can't or has has because because beer is vegan yes until you fuck around with it have you personally run into that obstacle um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's something that was like an obstacle, but I do love milk stout. Just, you know, mother's milk is just a nostalgic and like, you know, yeah. really and, it's, and it speaks to your history. Yeah, exactly. So I've always loved like playing around with milk stout and just trying to not necessarily recreate mother's milk, but just, you know, it's just something that I enjoyed drinking and brewing. Um, so not being able to brew that. And then honey is, you know, it is a fun ingredient to play with. And while I was at Trillium, that is another ingredient that they use, um, you know. Oh yeah. Bees um, is a great um, beer. Yeah, and they uh, they add it to cutting tiles is, you know, at honey's added mm-hmm. oh, wildflower honey. So just uh, it, it is an ingredient that I have used and do enjoy using, but um, it just, you know, it is what it is. I uh, I don't wear leather to work and I don't brew with lactose, so it's okay. It's, you know, yeah, that's fair. That's thing. fair. I mean, let's face it. Car hearts and rubber boots are all you need to wear. I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know too many brewers that wear their leathers to work, but who's that crazy fucking berliner guy that goes to all the cbc's espousing the tradition oh, of the berliner vice that guy with his hat and all his later hose and his shafts yes. and his dear well, I mean, you wear you wear pants. the later hose to the to the professional events but i i can't imagine like <laughs> mashing in but that guy <laughs> like, that here's guy my leathers that guy can't come to a berliner vice with you i'm sure of that he's dressed entirely in dead deer <laughs> I uh, I graduated in Lederhosen from brewing school, so yeah, there's pictures of me out there in that too. I still is that uh, 
is is that required or is that a no. personal choice? No, that was certainly a personal choice amongst Good some for of you. American students. Ryan, I feel like you and I need to drink together. This has been really fucking fun talking to you. Yeah. Good on you. I'm honored. You should go to dinner with him and Scott Wells. Yeah, I said to Justin, <laughs> I was honored that y'all uh, asked to you know, have me on. Like, I've listened to this. I'm I'm genuinely a beer fan that like, you know, happened to uh, there's trying to make a career of it. So, yeah, we'd love to have a beer. Thanks, pal. Thanks, I'm looking man. forward to coming super, and visiting. Super cool um, to meet you. Yeah, and, and especially if it's $25 liters, John's going to have to buy. Right? No, I actually yeah. wanted to respond to that. We do a $5 happy hour from 12 to 6, I believe, or 5. Um, and then after that, beers are $7 drafts. So they're really reasonably priced for me. Wow. Um, Lucky yeah. you. New Jersey just made happy hour illegal. So I'm glad. Yeah. So now I'm we have glad to... you can still do that. that well, that's what I'm willing to cross the border Bowery. and take my tax dollars elsewhere for happy. Yeah, hours. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, given the current economy. But um, no, no, they, they've made it illegal. That happened on Thursday. Illegal happy hours at tasting rooms. Hey, anyway, Kennedy, that's not what we're here about. Kennedy, my man, read us a letter, baby. All right. You want a letter from uh, let's see. We got a letter from Miles R. Oh, good. I got that one, too, so I can X that out of my inbox. Said, with an S? Niles with an S? Yeah, Niles with Niles, an S. Not yeah. Niall. We're not ready to talk about that just yet. So but that's going to be fun. I'm so excited. It's going to be, it's gonna be so such excited. a shit show. I'm so excited. It's going to be such a shit show. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to do an all barley wine Penelope for the whole thing. Have you, have you, been, have you been talking to him about it? Not at all, but it's that's the fun of that thing, right? Okay. So I want to try to stay on topic. Augie anyway. and, and Niall Zacherly are going to do something to ring in the new year and we'll announce <laughs> it soon, but it is, it's going to be stupid fun. It's going to be the funnest fun. <laughs> anyway, like, it's going to be letter. like having like nine stovepipes of 90 <laughs> and then having four more. Yeah. And then having Augie have <laughs> Niall piggyback him up a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to the letter. Kennedy, Sorry, my man. Niles. Niles R. He says, Kennedy, my man, a query for Augie and possible guest. With the recent sales of Stones or Bells, mergers like Boston Beer and Dogfish Head, or closures like Hair of the Dog and Spencer Trappist, what was your exit strategy when you started Carton Brewing, and how has that changed since opening? What is your hope for Carton's future and legacy? Cheers, Niles. I don't think Aww. we're allowed to ask the hope question on this I show. Thought, yeah. That's that's your thing, right? That was. Yeah. I left what that behind years ago. I used to host another podcast where my my final question like you were never allowed on that show. I feel like that can't be true. No, I you weren't allowed mm-hmm. on that show, but I would end every episode by saying, What's your hope for beer? Oh. Yeah. But he's asking my hope for myself, right? No, that's I understand. What my exit that. strategy was. Right. Um so I never had an exit strategy from Carton. Surprise. You must you must remember that this is my fourth legitimate career. I'm a 50 year old man and I did stuff in my 20s, 30s and 40s. And this is my 50s. So my hope was to build Carton into a place that I could retire to. And the interest of that was to make it, you know, completely like, you know, for for a decade, I didn't pay myself a salary. I just tried to reinvest to make it a strong brand thing so I could fuck around as I saw fit without needing to do anything to pay the bills. And as we've talked about on the show in the past, we had a bad actor in the 
in the company for a while. So I've had to, I've had to go be a, a carton. That's a Tuma. Um, but I've had to go be a carton full time to kind of figure our way around those mistakes we let ourselves make for half a decade. And I'm currently doing that. The truth is, I love it. The truth is, I'm not sure Carton will ever pay me a dollar based on the hole I'm digging out of, but I'm 100% okay with that because I honestly still love going everywhere. And what's funny is, you know, I, I talk about it a lot. I think what we do and who we are is we try to approach brewing from the you know, chef's perspective, not the brewer's perspective. And we just build our flavors differently in consideration of a plate rather than a glass. And we've been doing that forever and it's been fun. But as you asked me this question, I'm in this summer rut of loving, ridiculously fun, easy to drink, hazy, non-bitter, you know, young forever beers this summer. So I guess... My hope is it keeps letting me do whatever the fuck I want to do. And nobody gets mad at me for all of a sudden being a hazy brewer. Cause that's in my head for six months. Yeah. Um, but truth is truth is, I guess if I could solve our problems, somebody I respect and love a la Caligione or somebody would come in with some amount of money and the wherewithal of understanding how to do the beer business and just be like, look, Augie, you like these three things things you go do those three things we'll figure out how to make money on your shit but that's never gonna happen uh so, i'd like to introduce you to brian cass but anyway but so you know so so i guess my ultimate ambition right now is that it just keeps paying our 25 to 30 people a very good living with a 401k and health care and keeps making our neighbors happy and involved. And I just get to keep fucking around however I want to fuck around and no one gets mad at me for it. Is that enough? Is that an exit strategy? Listen, I'm drinking 90. I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, you can tell I'm drinking 90. I just, just talk and talk and talk. <laughs> just, just waxing poetic. Arrow. Yeah. Fucking you're going to fire. Man. You're going to, you're going to throw some logs. In I hate how much I love soon. this beer. I hate how much I love this beer. Cause I keep sipping it and be like, Oh, it's so sweet. I can't believe how sweet it is. Has 90 gotten sweeter? And then I'm like, I want more of that beer. The, the amazing <laughs> thing is, as that brewery has grown, the air football table mm -hmm. that they've had to custom it's, it's, build by to the get way, the hops it's a in. shaky football table. It was never an air football table. Okay. It's a the electric. The electric. <laughs> it's a vibrating football table. That's a beer name. That you need to trademark Jittery in the two weeks before this <laughs> and sell it to Calagione. <laughs> By the way, I own one through 101 jittery football table. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, fucking Justin, 90, I'm man. Supposed to, I'm, supp I'm supposed to be going to a thing after this. I'm just going to 90, like, man. Hey, I'm just going to I'm going to fall asleep in a lawn chair in hey, Joe Biden's hey, backyard. Kennedy, Kennedy, I love your innocent heart. Don't you dare try to put this on innocent heart. This is a calculated is, move. You guys knew this, from the first. This is delirium <laughs> all over again from six yeah. months ago. For, for uh, just FYI, I didn't I did not buy myself a can of this. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuckers. You know, what's funny is I never even oh. unwrapped it. I'm still drinking out of a foil wrap. I love that you spent twelve dollars on this beer 
And uh, I think Jesus, it's $9. this can is crazy. Oh, it was three bucks. What's the three. art on this? That's what I he thought, said. Three bucks. Hey, no, look, I the jittery football tables on the can. Oh, so you can't. Oh, did look you, at that. Did you unwrap it? I had it. No, I did. I just I didn't look at it very closely because what's that angry like a, Humpty Dumpty on it with nails up its nose? Lord, it's, it's like some it's like Sam some kind is of zombie through, alarm clock. Sam's working through some stuff on Dude, his Sam can art these not days. Like being bought out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's, that's Jim with the, the nails of the No, he's not into yeah. that. All right. Anyway, we should stop before we go. We should hey, absolutely hey, Sam, stop Callie because Jones, they have I love you. And hey, they Ryan have a Gillette. legal team and Augie is not really a lawyer, yeah, no, but plays I don't one have on the podcast. They, excuse me, uh magistrate leading the witness. Magistrate. It is your turn. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Ryan Gillette, Dust thanks powder for, wig. Thanks not only for coming out, but thanks for letting us digress deep into our 90s in question time. Um, so where is this spot? Kennedy calls it the Lower East Side, but Kennedy's a Brooklynite, so he doesn't understand. It's on the Bowery. Yes, it's on the Bowery, and I am somewhat new to New York City, so I don't claim to like know all of these. But it doesn't matter. The Bowery is a thing. It's a place. It's a neighborhood. It's a region. It's on the Bowery, guys, which means it's officially north of Houston and not on the Lower East Side. Exactly. Bowery and Houston is like the cross street, so that's right where it is. Little Whole Foods next door, and we're open, you know, 11 a.m., serving, you know, great, affordable craft beer. I'm psyched, dude. Very nice to yeah. meet you. We will come in. And hopefully trip. you'll be there when we get there. Traditionally, when John and I do make this all happen, we'll walk in and they'll be like, no, he's in Germany this week. Right. Yeah. But no, hopefully... we don't. We don't call in advance. There's <laughs> yeah. no. Hopefully when we stumble into your pub, you're there and we get yes. to have a beer with you. Thanks yeah, for coming on, so man. Too. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure to talk to you. all Thanks for doing but, this. Uh, we'll see you soon. Get at us, y'all. We right. didn't even go through anything yet. Are you serious? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> we didn't plug the fucking that's email. The, the that's the 90. The 90 minutes. That's the 90 talking. Cassie, oh, man. If you want to write us letters about hopes, hopes and dreams, steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all social medias at steal this beer. See what we're drinking on untapped at steal this beer. And thanks to all our Patreons out there. We really appreciate you. If you'd like to kick us a couple bucks, patreon.com. Slash deal this beer. God, you're you're just perfect in every way. Thank oh, you. Get I at know. us, y'all. Cheers. Adonis. <laughs>